Oh man, happy Friday everyone. It feels good to be back on Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. It, uh, is it Friday? It is, is it, Friday. I thought it was still Tuesday. I mean, it's we're, been... <laughs> we're in this crazy bubble that is happening right now, but it's okay. It's I, I, I'm, they're going to announce it. It's going to happen. Hopefully no, it's during the show. Right? Well, I mean, we're hoping anyway. But... Hell yeah, hell yeah. We got a special one for you guys tonight. I mean, we got the one and only Stacy Oristano coming on the show. Yes, Bunheads, Friday Night Lights. I mean, just so many amazing projects that she's been involved in and she's all kinds of fun exactly and she claims to be the biggest billy joel That's fan on the says. planet That's every lyric to every song we're gonna test her on that shit because she's gonna hang around for the top five too so you know you can't throw that out there and then not prove it no right no. That's okay and right. then of course we got something else to tease we got the one and only jeremy gordon coming on the show too to do a whole freaking show with us. that's right his third time inside the farm and and I mean, can you? I think it's a rule now, right? Like third time you have to co-host, right? Right. I, I think that's the rule it's part now. Of the initiation. Right, right. That was Rebecca's third time. I think was co-host. Yeah. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but it's a rule now. Exactly. It's so funny. <laughs> so funny. Well, that's a little later on in the show. Now let's get a little crazy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 137. Yes! And we got the one and only Jeremy Gordon with us. What's up, man? Yo, how's everybody doing today? Oh, man, living the dream. Living Dude. the dream. Are you ready is the question. Are you ready for the co-hosting gig? I'm ready for that. I, I'm ready to find out who is president. I'm ready for Right? <laughs> All the shits. <laughs> man, I feel like I have been sitting in front of the TV like for just too long. Too long. I'm glad we're behind the mics and doing the show. So right. It's, yeah. it's a good distraction. Literally, since Tuesday, this man has watched nothing but the freaking I, coverage. Wait, you know, 21 years in journalism, oh, yeah. I, I was a news junkie. I'm a history junkie. You know I was going to be sitting in front of the TV the whole time. So, you know, it's all right. I can see MSNBC is burned into my eyeball. Right. <laughs> right now. Well, we can assure the, the listeners, if anything happens while we're doing the show, you will be the first to know. We will tell you. Exactly. So you will yeah, not miss. It's supposed to happen tonight. It's supposed to like. That's that. That's the rumor. That is the rumor. So we'll see. We shall see, man. We shall see. Everybody knows their host with the most. Myself, J Lo, Fantastic, and the one and only Mouse. What's up? We got a whole bunch to talk about tonight. I mean, we're talking a little bit about the Emmys. They came out with some news. I mean, of course, Disney. It wasn't a a good necessarily good week for Disney. I mean, no, they had to no. let some people go. We'll dive deep into that a little bit later. And I mean, of course, it's all we're in the midst of the streaming war. So, of course, we're talking about everybody's streaming service. And we got a little bit to touch on with uh, the whole Johnny Depp case as well. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, we've kind of we've kind of kept off that a little bit. But now, since, like, jur- jury is in. So, I mean, we are here to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Warner yeah. Brothers apparently was not too happy with the verdict. So, you know. Yeah. 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 It's crazy, man. <laughs> we're going to do it. It's we're absolutely it. crazy. But before we get this thing started, you guys know we got to plug our merchandise website, www.crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear jamry has like damn near everything i, I think so he can yeah, dress can, from head to toe man i can literally say that the merch is the shit i have a sweatshirt i have a hat i bought family hat i bought my nephew a trick-or-treating bag i mean there's all sorts of shit that's still stuff coming and it's awesome and comfortable and i'm not just saying that <laughs> yes love it love it no check in the mail no right. check. no no <laughs> exactly just let you know just let you know 
Oh, this was goodness. not a paid endorsement. Right, no. exactly. <laughs> well, let's get this thing started with the Emmys. And I mean, this is pretty interesting right now because they're uh, switching back and forth on some things. Yeah, apparently now children's programming is no longer going to be involved with the primetime Emmys, mm. even if it airs in primetime spots. Right. So, uh, and, and for anybody who didn't know, and, and this is kind of interesting, the daytime Emmys and the primetime Emmys are actually run by two different organizations. Yeah, I had no y- idea. Yeah, so one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast. And so, and in the past, they've always kind of teamed up together to kind of do this children's programming thing. But because of the way everything is coming out now because of COVID, you know, children's programming is kind of like gone heavily into the streaming side of it. Yeah. And with streamers, there's no real kind of way to know, like, how do you determine whether that was a daytime cartoon or are people watching this cartoon at night or you know so they really have kind of said we can't really figure this out so we're just going to drop this all together from the primetime stuff and let the daytimers handle it so yeah, that, yeah i don't know if i like that especially as i am working on children's programming right lately. I don't like this shit at all yeah, it's just another example of COVID changing the game on how things are done. Um, and, and while I get the point, I mean, I understand the point of we can't determine whether it aired in primetime or, or daytime. I mean, come on now. I, I feel like there there's some content that's children's content that you could clearly say, I could plug this in as a nighttime show. Oh, yeah. And then other content that's clearly, I'm watching this in, in Saturday morning kind of a thing. Are you trying to tell me that these people who have been doing this for how many decades can't figure out where they think this show would show up? I mean, that seems weird to me. Yeah. And I mean, for example, I mean, I was just going to say, like, for example, I remember being a kid and like waiting for it, like Saturday night to hit so i could watch like the new naruto or like the new samurai jack or something like that that is like prime time stuff so yeah it's kind of unfortunate that it's happening this way but like dustin said it's kind of like the ever-evolving door of the entertainment industry it never stops growing i that's guess that's it that's it well i think that the whole process of vetting across all of the academy tv academy the film academy uh the casting society of america there's a whole bunch of organizations that are changing how they vet yeah and while i'm a member of some of these organizations i don't know the ins and outs of the rules of vetting uh though i have been part of some of them the vetting process can be a beast but i don't feel like this one is too difficult to figure out i don't really know why they made these changes but i would like the stuff that i'm currently casting to be considered for primetime ebbies thank you yeah, just saying, we're putting that out there. Not that you would turn down a daytime Emmy, but I mean, you know, okay. it's, uh, <laughs> just saying it. Just saying oh, it. Oh, man. man. But now uh, heading over to the Mouse House, the one we love, Disney. <laughs> Oh, man, but it wasn't necessarily the best week. They had to do some layoffs. Um, A lot of them. Yeah, the majority being at ESPN. uh, Uh, Around 300 people were laid off, and uh, and overall it's going to be impacting around 350 employees, 44 in the studio's marketing group in the New York-based theatrical division, and six people at the Searchlight Pictures were laid off, and then, like I said, the 300 from ESPN. Yeah, which Um, is a lot. And then, from what I understand, over 700 unfilled positions. Like, Mm. there were open jobs available, but now they've decided they're just not going to fill them. So that's 700 more spots that will not be filled on top of the 350 that they let go. So um, I think also let's, like, give a shout-out to all of those 
actors who work at the parks. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That are out of jobs, just like all of the Broadway actors and theater actors all over the place. I mean, those these these poor actors that play Aladdin and play Goofy, they are just shit out of jobs until, you know, COVID can, can we can get a grip on it. And I just want to give a shout out to all of those actors. It's not like film and TV that's coming back kind of sort of these theater actors and park actors are out of work. Yeah, yeah. And we should say Disney, you know, there's a perks and then there's downfalls to being the biggest, you know, in the industry. Everybody knows Disney's the leader. They're the ones everybody's chasing. Everybody wants to be. But with that comes, they are also taking the biggest blow from COVID. Um, And what people don't realize is that a huge chunk of Disney's revenue comes from their parks. And the parks were closed for so long. Disneyland, the California parks, are still closed. Um, they're losing – they're literally bleeding money, and they, they've got to figure out. And from what I understand, you know, we talk about it every week on the show. They held out and held out and held out for as long as they possibly could before they started cutting these people. Um, I – we we talked about this too. We disagree that the executives are now all taking their full payback. Um, I, I just feel like maybe they could have held off on that too. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I, it at some point you've got to start making cuts to survive. Um, so as bad as this is, it, it's it's a necessary evil. I, I feel like. Yeah, man. it is across the board. I think, uh, unfortunately, uh, not to be a Debbie Downer in life, but I think that it's about to get worse before we can even begin to think about getting better with this. I don't know they're calling it a second wave, but I think winter COVID is going to be a beast and we're all going to feel it tenfold. Mm, yeah. I mean, we were talking about it like off air. I mean, we're super excited that hopefully president elect Biden is going to do a lot for Hollywood, but then at the same time, what if he does shut things back down and where, where does that leave Hollywood? And even though it's already in like massive trouble as it is. So it's kind of a scary thing, right? It is a scary thing. Just like hashtag winter is coming on Game of Thrones. Right. This is like the real life winter is coming and none of us have experienced COVID during winter. Uh, I just, I don't see how Hollywood or any industry stays reopening. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and we're going to be talking about it. Uh, you know, we've got several stories in today's industry news that are talking about productions yeah. that did go back into production are shutting down because of positive COVID testing. So um, it's just the nature of the game right now. And I guess, you know, we're going to see how it plays out. But and, and then, of course, obviously, it continues to plague the second largest revenue stream for Disney, the films. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. they have uh, knocked down again uh, another shakeup to the release calendar. Ryan Reynolds' big one, uh, Free Guy, and Death of the Nile, the follow-up to Kenneth Branagh's uh, Murder on the Orient Express, both have now been taken off of the release schedule. They were supposed to come out December 11th and December 18th. They have been removed from the release schedule. They will not be coming out this year, and no new release dates announced. Yeah. So yet again, this week, we talk about two more movies that have been yanked that will not you know, come in. And you know, poor AMC is already trying to figure out bankruptcy and survive. Right. Um, it's so- insane, the movies and what it's doing. I mean, you think of Ryan Reynolds, you think of Disney, you think of AMC. You, you have some of the biggest players in the business can't I mean, not not saying this in a negative way, but they can't figure it out for COVID wise so that they're pulling things and they're losing money and they're going bankrupt. And if, if the biggest people can't figure it out, it is really, really 
scary. Yeah, completely agree. And I mean, I think it's very unfortunate for the filmmakers and everybody who's involved with these two films not to see it come to light. I feel like before yeah. you make the decision to yank it from the release calendar, like you should sit down and talk with, you know, the executive producers and the director and stars and talk to them about, "Hey, Maybe we should release this streaming just so that it can actually we can make some revenue off of it and people can still see it because I can only imagine like the waiting process, especially for crew who is kind of just there on set and then just waits to see it like in theatrical release. But I would just I, I'd be itching so bad to see like my thing come to life and couldn't see it yet. And then there's there's some confusion within the industry itself about what they should and shouldn't do like a, a great example of is uh when mgm tried to sell the latest bond movie to one yeah. of the studios because they didn't they couldn't theatrically release it and they're like hey will one of you studios buy it and put it on your streamers and they all said no <laughs> so it was like well wait a minute you're restructuring and you're putting all this effort and money and time into your streamers and now you're offered a fucking bond film and you said no so it, you know, it, it just seems to me like there's still some confusion in the industry about where to go. and But it is definitely, we talk about it every week, these studios are restructuring and the emphasis is all on the streamers now. So I feel like your films, that's where they're going. That's where they're going to end so up. It's so hard for them to figure out. I think that part of this must be language and contracts and, and what they can and can't do and how much somebody would have to pay out someone else's contract to put it on stream or instead of a, a theater. I think there's so much of it that we couldn't possibly begin to imagine. And I think everyone is just getting to that point where they can really studio wise wrap their heads around how to make this work long-term. I think, you know, a few months ago, everyone was thinking, okay, we'll be through the worst of it by the summer, by the fall, by the whatever. I don't think anyone really thought, well, let's think about how to release movies we're making now two years from now because yeah. COVID is going to be around. I think it's, we're just seeing all of that. I mean, without doubt, we should say before we move on and we're not to, we're not to the bunny yet. We're still in the mouse, but we do want to say, this on, this leaves Wonder Woman as the only blockbuster film still scheduled to come out this year. It's a Christmas release. Will that change? Will it not? We don't know yet. But as of right now, that is the final blockbuster tentpole film that is scheduled to hit this year. And uh, if I'm being honest, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Patty, Patty Jenkins wants a theatrical release, and I just don't think it's possible in December. So I, I don't think it's happening. But yeah, I, we'll see. Uh, yeah. Uh, Everything's up in the air, man. It really is. Um, well, twenty for our twentieth century uh, studios just acquired the princess. Uh, it's a spec script by Ben Lusting and uh, Jake Thornton, <laughs> and it's going to star uh, Joey Keane. And this is going to be released on Hulu. We're talking about theatrical versus streaming right now. It seems like they're picking up spec scripts to for their streaming service. So I think this is great. Uh, but <laughs> this is what gets me. The story is being described as Rapunzel meets the raid. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> right? Like what kind know, of but Joey King can do it. Joey yeah, King right? can do anything. She's so incredible. I agree. I mean she she definitely is the streaming darling right now. She, she seems is. to be announcing projects on every streamer at this point. So well, um booth on Netflix did so well that she was in yeah. both of them. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and clearly that le- has led to a lot of other things. So, um, I mean, and good for her. I mean, you know, if, if you can find a niche and it works for you and, and, and you can parlay that into a lot of work at a lot of different places, that's the goal, right? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, 100%. Definitely, definitely. Well, I mean, everybody knows that Grey's Anatomy is the huge thing right now over what? the resident. resident. What? Over the resident. The resident. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but ABC <laughs> is looking into the future. It's looking into more upcoming <laughs> medical dramas. Yeah, Meredith is dying, okay? Uh, All right, I'm just saying. No. I'm I know, just right? saying. Leave it alone. I still watch Grey's Anatomy, don't tell me. Exactly, me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, but anyway, Vondi, uh, Vondi Curtis Hall and Gabrielle uh, Sloyer uh, have been cast as series regulars opposite of announced previously Priscilla Fritz Henley. Yes. Uh, in uh, triage? Uh, triage? Triage. Triage. Yes. So, uh, yeah, another medical drama. But I mean, people love this stuff, so I'm not surprised at all. This this is an interesting description, though. I, I mean, it does not surprise me at all either that they're already looking for a medical replacement. Oh, yeah. I mean, the good doctor's doing like extremely well. It is. But um, you know, there's nothing wrong with having two, right? Um, but this this one sounds like it's a mix between like Grey's Anatomy and This Is Us mm. because it says it's gonna follow the um evolution of medicine and the backdrop uh while it follows a doctor through three different decades of her oh, career at the hospital and her colleagues so i'm i'm envisioning i guess it's gonna like do flashbacks, these flashback type flash things over and fla- like- yeah so this is us meets gray's anatomy i think so i'm so excited for that i think she Prisa, is amazing she and i just connected on instagram because of a mutual friend nice another Divya rogers and uh she, you know maybe i'm spoiling uh spoiling the surprise here but she and i are going to do a little ig live together next year <laughs> oh boy time, but we are talking and she's amazing and super friendly and talented and i have nothing but wonderful things to say about her and i cannot wait for all she's doing so you'll be watching the show Right. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Well, you know, we just the resident. I'm just that's all I'm saying. I mean, Whatever. I like okay. I all right, all right. Okay. So you're one of those, right? That likes both. It's all, it's fair. It's good. It's okay. You <laughs> know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh man, but not everything is good here at Fox. Filthy Rich and Next have both been canceled uh, halfway through their first seasons, which definitely sucks. Uh, both shows, however, we'll see. Uh, see out their uh, current runs yeah so i mean if they have that built-in fan base then they will be able to see the series or the season through yeah so uh, i yeah. just we talk about this all the time it's like i know the industry has changed the scope of linear television has changed because of streamers and and so many different evolutions in it but i just don't understand how you can make a decision on a show halfway through the season yeah like you know you and 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 so many times you hear that they start off and then they get moved to a different night or they change the time and then they get canceled halfway through and it's like well yeah because the audience can't find them because you keep moving them um i I just i don't think it's it's legitimately fair to the creators to the crew to the actors when you say we're going to give you this commitment and then halfway through they decide "Mm, yeah yeah you know maybe we'll bail yeah, I just, I, you know, at least give it its full run before you make the decision. That's yeah. all I'm saying. It's super unfortunate. It's the, the way shows are, are approved and then canceled. You, know, you thought, or I thought a few years ago, I had my head wrapped around it, but I have, I know people who have worked on some of the most popular, like top five 
shows that get canceled because they're too popular and they become too expensive to produce. So I think figuring out why any show is canceled or greenlit or extended or written more episodes, I just, now I can't fucking figure out anything. I don't know from what is successful anymore. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, like this next one, I mean, Castle Rock, it's not returning for a third season. Everybody loved it, but apparently they only planned on doing two seasons of this thing in the first place. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, in situations like that, that makes sense i wish they would let like the fans know hey this is like what we're planning and we're not going to come back for the third season but i mean at least like everybody involved with it knew what was going to happen so they say yeah so they say (laughs) (laughs) but as 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 somebody an audience member a fan for other shows when it ends on a good note and i really want more yeah i am happy in some weird twisted way because it didn't jump the shark it just was always strong even if it was two seasons Agreed. three seasons yeah and then it ends i want more and i'm happy for the show that it ended so strong instead of pushing it for 12 seasons and then just being dumb mm, that's an excellent point that i mean i point. think some of them stay a little longer than they should yeah but, you yeah. know and i also like that you the fact that you brought up that sometimes the cancellation has nothing to do with the ratings but the fact that it's become too much of a beast the stars maybe want more money maybe the the the, the creator of the show or the studio behind the show is demanding more money from the network to you know to air the show and i like that you brought that up because sometimes that is exactly the reason it gets canceled is because they can no longer afford the the rates that the production is costing them so that that's an excellent point agreed man agreed and i mean abc unfortunately people who watch just regular people who watch television you know would have no idea usually have no idea why something is canceled or why something is is given 22 episodes or 12 episodes or you know back nine or whatever and it's just it is so difficult and uh, you know to all those who watch tv out there those of us who make tv don't really know much more than you do <laughs> <laughs> see that insight right there that's, that's right. what we need man that's what <laughs> we need <laughs> uh, abc has also put in development borderline a single cam from the good place writer chris incel borderline is centers around this goody two-shoes named steve uh who falls for a reckless and rambunctious lady maria and so their whirlwind romance is cut short when she gets deported so ooh, touching with current times touching on that a little bit uh now they must decide whether to bail on the potential love of their lives or take the leap of faith and get married Ooh, Mm. interesting Mm. Yeah, deep. So yeah, we're gonna get some into some touchy, touchy stuff, some controversial stuff that people always sparks conversation, right? Um, and and uh, the premise is there. They say the tagline is "Should two people who barely know each other." Can they live happily ever after? The answer is absolutely not, but they're going to try. So to me, that's <laughs> implying that they aren't really in love with each other. They don't really know each other yet, but. Oh, you mean like the Bachelor and Bachelorette? Yeah, yeah. So, and, and then, you know, it comes into, and here's where, obviously, the storyline of controversy comes in. Um, if She's going to be deported. So do you marry somebody to give them legal status to stay? I mean, uh, you, you know, or if you aren't in love with them, do you just do it anyway? Or, or kind of a so. But I like shows that take risks like this that yeah. will spark the conversation about yeah. what is and isn't right you know and do you do this do you not do this because those are the kind of shows that we need because these are conversations in real life we need to have exactly so oh, you and, mean like 
Shameless that you just talked about? Yes. Yes, exactly, exactly. Shows that aren't scared to touch on situations that are currently happening in our country. We, we need more of that because I feel like when you do it through an entertainment type way, it, it's easier to talk about, you know, than just sitting down and having the conversation, right? So, I mean, do it in an entertaining way and, and we'll see, especially comedy. So, exactly. we'll see. Exactly. Well, the Kings are coming back, guys. And I mean, I'm talking about the Jeopardy Kings. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm talking Ken, uh, Ken Jennings, Brad Reuter, and uh, King James there. I've always butchered his last name. Holzauer? So, Holzauer. Yeah, there you that go. That guy. Uh, they're returning to ABC to star in a new quiz show. ABC has given a series order to The Chase Ooh. Uh, with a premiere date to be announced a little later. Uh, it's going to be an hour-long quiz show hosted by Sarah Haynes. Uh, from the View, oh, yeah. and okay. while uh, Holzer or Hauser, uh <laughs> Jennings and uh, Rudder will take turns uh, as the show's chaser, described as a ruthless quiz genius, determined to stop contestants from winning the cash prizes. Fun stuff. Oh. Yeah. Now, see, I had this all wrong. I thought that meant that one of them was going to come and they were just going to do a little drink before the other guy took the big drink because oh. he's a chaser. Yeah. You know, you got to have a chaser. So uh, I-, I don't know what was going on there, but all kidding aside. You know, it was a party drinking game. I thought, okay, but I'm kidding, of course. But I, I love this because, I, as Logan knows, I, I mean, I'm a horribly, horribly um, obsessed Jeopardy fan and uh, it's trivia true. fan. <laughs> it's true. And um, so, undefeated, by the way, undefeated. If I could just get the damn testing people to come in my area the times that I'm there so that I could get on the damn show. Um, <laughs> so, I love this. I, I think, and Ken Jennings is, boy, has he parlayed a career. Out of being a smart guy, huh? He has. So, is this like a quiz show? Like, uh, it's Jeopardy meets the mole. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. That's, that, yeah, that's a that's a good elevator pitch right there. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> Which, so I loved that show, The Mole. By the way, at least the first little bit of it, it was was pretty cool, and then it quickly jumped the shark. But. <laughs> Yes. As so many do. Yeah, seriously. Now, how many of our listeners out there know what Jump the Shark reference is? Mm. I wonder. I just learned myself not too long ago. Did you? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you're a little younger than me. Maybe we should move on so I don't show my age. (laughs) Just say it involves a certain guy in a leather jacket in a show that was pretty popular during the 70s and 80s with some redheaded guy. All right, let's move on. Oh, Uh, oh, we're to the bunny. All right. Oh, man. We're talking about Johnny. Yep. Johnny Depp. Uh, They have decided to part ways from his role in the Fantastic Beats franchise. Uh, Really, Warner Brothers was like, hey, we don't want you to do this anymore since, you know, the UK was like found him guilty. And now Johnny was like, okay, I understand. Yeah. So at least they were able to do it civilly. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, he filed a liable suit against uh, a magazine in the UK that was ran the stories of him as a wife beater. Yeah, um, and he adamantly fought those charges and adamantly said that it was liable because it wasn't true, and he lost this case. and And so, in I guess in Warner Brothers' eyes, that meant they felt like. At least in the court systems of the UK, there was enough there to say it wasn't liable and that maybe he was 
this, and uh, they have decided to just say, eh, maybe we don't need that involved with our fa- kid-friendly franchise. Yeah, so, but I mean, they're going to recast his role as well. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we should, what, their official statement, uh, let's see, Johnny Depp will depart the Fantastic Beasts franchise. We thank Johnny for his work on the films to date. Fantastic Beasts 3 is currently in production, and the role of Gellert Grinwald will be recast, and it'll come out sometime in the summer of 2022. Now, to be fair, because we're always fair, there are just as many allegations against Amber Heard that she was violent towards Johnny and that there were all kinds of issues going on and that's still being argued out in courts everywhere. So, um, And there's rumors that Warner Brothers is ready to drop her from Aquaman too. also. So we, we just want to put that all out there. Now what did or did not happen? We have no idea. Right. We, we weren't Only there. Only they know. Only really. they know. Maybe they're both crazy and like, you know, just who knows? But that is the news and we're just telling you what happened so the next time you see a fantastic beast film and johnny's not in it that's why yeah if it's going down in hollywood or the uk we're talking about that's it. right we have, a, well, we have a huge uk listener base i mean we got to tell them right exactly i mean it's wild right now man it's it is super wild uh new line has pushed our pause excuse me Paused production on Olivia Wilde's upcoming movie, Don't Worry Darling, after a crew member tested positive for the virus, and uh, you, you guys know it's a thriller, which stars Florence Pugh and Chris Pine, Harry Styles, there's a whole bunch of people in it. Yeah. It's been filming since last month in LA, and uh, yeah, the test positive, so they're going to shut it down for, I think, like 14 days, so, I mean, strict protocols, normal protocols, so, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. Just another example of covid causing havoc and just another example of even when you do everything right and you open things back up under all of the guidelines all of the safety precautions it can still happen agreed and this is it's inevitable yeah with the numbers that we're seeing now being worse than they ever were with the number of things being open uh, and and the restrictions being eased it is inevitable that this is going to become unfortunately more normal you know i'm casting a pilot now that's supposed to shoot in december i'm praying every night that it gets to shoot because i just don't know what's going to happen in december i mean the more time goes on the more shows and movies are going to be paused for production for for covid positive tests and i think at some point it's just going to become so recurring that they're just gonna shut the production down or shut hollywood down or whatever it is i i think this is all just sadly very inevitable agreed and 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 this is a big one this is a highly anticipated one the the this was her follow-up to her directorial debut and you know the cast that she was able to put together everybody was kind of looking forward to this one so hopefully they are able to come back after the 14 days but like i said i i I don't know i think there's going to be a lot and it's not just films exactly it's not just yeah. films. TNT's Claws also is pausing uh, filming uh, in its fourth and final season, also for the next two weeks, because they tested positive for COVID-19 on the set. It was confirmed as a result of a required and ongoing testing by Warner Brothers, and the decision for the two-week shutdown was made out of caution. And, I mean, uh, they expect to have it all wrapped up by December, production wrapped up by December, but, again, we don't know because they could come back two weeks from now, work a few days, and have another shutdown. Down. I yeah. mean, who knows? I mean, you got to stay And, you safe. know, let me, I just want to say for, for listeners out there, knowing a lot of actors who are going to these sets, I hear nothing but rave reviews about the precautions being taken and how careful every single person is on set and how comfortable the actors feel shooting. Everyone is taking all of the precautions and then some. Uh, and then to show that it's still 
happens. You still get positive results even when you do take all of those precautions. But I do want to say that from what I'm hearing from people, it's super safe on set and they feel really comfortable. So I think that's, you know, props to Hollywood for, for doing that right. Definitely. And we should say it doesn't matter where because a lot of these stories that we're talking about, some of them are filming in in California, some are in Vancouver. Claws, for example, is in New Orleans. So it's literally happening all over the country. It's not, you know, just it's booming in this area or booming in this. It's literally all over the country. Even when they try to move production to different areas, it's still happening. So. Wild man, wild. Uh, This next one I'm super excited about because we have not yet seen this film. uh, Because we went and saw a horrible film, but it's fine, it's fine. I'm not holding it against you, Dustin. No, whatever. Um, I was disappointed, okay? I didn't write the damn thing. Oh, man. Uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet will be uh, released available on 4K, Blu-ray, DVD, and digital rental services starting December 15th. Hopefully that means HBO Max as well. Yes. And everybody knows this is the first major movie to premiere in the theaters uh, amid the pandemic and uh, overall it grossed 350 million and it cost 200 million to produce so i mean yeah they're they're trying to get there they're trying to see that profit but it it's a long way yeah i mean they're almost to the break-even point right so i feel like when they are released on all of the the platforms they'll they'll at least break even and then hopefully start to go into profit but i mean it's so funny these numbers because you say so far it's made 350 million dollars in today's box office climate that's normally a weekend yeah like so i feel like now you get you got to be like 350 over the whole run it's like oh so but to in to his what's that you went to see it no, no we did no. not we, so we're we, super stoked to we see chose it. new mutants over tenant and uh <laughs> it, it wasn't good it wasn't good uh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> but hey, she's doing well. She survived that bomb. She's she in all kinds of you know new things and like you know. So okay, okay. Anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll forget that. I mean, yeah, you know, it was the comic geek in me, and 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 it was bad. It was, it was really, just really it bad. It was really bad. Uh, but anyway, uh, the good place is William Jackson Harper is set to star in season two of Love Life on HBO Max. Season two will be set in New York City. Oh, and we'll focus. Focus on yeah. I mean, apparently it's really good. I have yet to catch it out, uh, check it out, but uh, definitely recommended from the one and only Jeremy Gordon. So I have to now. Now is Anna Kendrick coming back, or is she being replaced? What's the deal with that? I mean, it says that she will be reprising her role as Darby, um, but apparently she's not going to be the main focal point Hmm. of the um, season two. Well, it makes sense if you've seen all the episodes. That would make sense, but. I won't ruin it for anyone. Thank you. Thank you. I was about to say, I I don't know. Parents, which was really nice. A TV show I can watch with my mother and my father. My father doesn't watch really TV at all. So to have him sit through all the episodes and laugh and have my mom also like it. It was pretty cool. Oh, I can imagine, especially, yeah, being all home together and watching. Jeremy like doesn't that. know the rules. We <laughs> spoil everything for everybody on this show. What are you talking about? Yeah, just jump okay, right guys, in. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So funny. So funny. I'm so super excited about this next one because, I mean, I'm on my little Game of Thrones tear right now. So, Sophie Turner, she is going to be uh, added to the cast list of HBO Max's animated series, The Prince. And she's going to be playing Princess Charlotte, the daughter of Prince Williams and Kate Middleton. Uh, Everybody knows the show, which is based off an Instagram account of the same name, is a satire of the British royals 
through the eyes of a young Prince George, uh, the eldest child of the of William and Kate. Yeah, so, this this if you guys don't follow this Instagram account, it's fucking hilarious yeah. as shit. <laughs> the, the idea of George telling you how it's going down in the royal family is fucking funny as shit. So the idea they're doing a series about this is going to be, I mean, just spot on. Yeah. I, I, I'm excited about this one. Ooh. I love Sophie Turner. Anything that she is in, I watch. Well, there, there you go then. Boom. And I, I mean, I wonder if George is going to tell us about the so-called therapy session that the Queen is called to fix the brothers. Right. That's, right? That's I wonder, <laughs> one, is that true? And two, I can't wait to hear what George has to say about it. I'm just saying. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. Oh, man. Uh, Other exciting things happening over at Warner Brothers and the CW. Uh, We made some casting announcements for Walker. Yes, and I'm excited about this one. Odette Annabelle is going to recur on the show. Uh, She's going to be playing Jerry, a bartender at the local bar um, that that apparently has a long-term relationship with Walker. Be it, I don't know if it's an ex-girlfriend or they've just lifelong friends or whatever, but they have a relationship and he kind of, I guess plays out his sorrows with the, the loss of his wife, you know, uh, and because for anybody who doesn't know the premise of the show, the wife has passed on and he's trying to raise the sons and stuff. But apparently his real-life wife, has Jared Padalecki's real-life wife, has been cast as the wife, so I don't know if she's flashbacks or we see her as a ghost or whatever, but anyway, Odette Annable, though, I'm a huge fan. I thought she was brilliant on Supergirl. I, just so many things that she has been in, I, I, I just don't think she gets nearly enough credit. I think she's a fantastic actress, so I am super pumped about it. Boom. There you go. She and uh, her husband, that's a pretty talented couple, I will say. I, I definitely, and uh, if you don't follow them on Instagram, they, their cross-country trip, they, they drove like all the way across country and then up into Vancouver for a shoot that she was doing, and that was epic to watch. I'm just saying, they're that entertaining that you can watch them. And they're the nicest the people ever. They've auditioned not together, but they've auditioned in our office a few times, and they're just just the nicest people. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can totally see that. Definitely. And I mean, more things for HBO Max. Steve Age, Ag, Age, Ag. Uh, one of the two. Everybody knows I'm bad with name. Uh, that guy there. Uh, he is joining HBO Max's uh, Suicide Squad spinoff series. Peacemaker, everybody knows we talked about it before, starring John Cena. Uh, this guy, Steve, will, will reprise his role in Suicide Squad, uh, and he is going to be basically a federal penitentiary warden, yep. uh, working close with the Viola Davis character, so that's super exciting. And uh, Steve here also plays King Shark in Suicide Squad. Yeah, so I had he, no idea. Yep, he plays the warden and King Shark. But just playing the one in the, in the spinoff. Though. Yeah. So no no King Shark in the spinoff. Damn. Damn. I mean, yes. you know, we don't know, though. I mean, you know, uh, for, King Shark has always been one of those for me as a comic book. Be- I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. We, ki- we couldn't do better than that. But then when they did him on The Flash, the CW's Flash, he was actually pretty badass. So I, I can't wait to see what James Gunn does with him live action. So we'll see. But, you know, a man shark, kind of like I, I, I was just... <laughs> but it's pretty good on CW's Flash. I'm just saying. So we'll see. Uh, and it's James Gunn. So we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, HBO Max has also inked a deal with Comedy Central to run all episodes of its cable net comedies, including The Chappelle Show, Inside Amy Schumer, Key and Peele, Nathan for You, and the original Reno 911. I know a lot of people are excited about this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is just another example of Paramount having these deals with all these other you know companies. It seems like every day we're hearing about a deal that Paramount makes to, oh, yeah, just take our stuff. 
And we always question it. It's like, why are you giving up all these shows to HBO Max when you have your own streamer? Yeah. CBS All Access. Why are you not putting these on CBS All Access? I just, to be fair though, this is a non-exclusive deal, so I guess they could show up on CBS All Access also. But I just never understand these deals where, like, if you didn't have a streamer, it would make sense. Yeah. Give it to HBO Max, collect the revenue from it, do what you got to do. But when you have a streamer, it's like. Why do you get, eh, just take it? You guys do it. What? The streaming like, deals are so complicated. And I, I mean, I, I get, talk about something I don't understand. How things get chosen to be on a streamer and why you can't see full seasons or all of the seasons or why every other episode of a particular season is available and the other ones you have to pay for. I mean, can't, I can't even begin to about all of the shows I've gone to try and find and they're not available anywhere. Yeah. And it just doesn't make sense. Or there's like, you can get watched two seasons, but you can't watch the final three seasons or you can see three episodes of one season, but you can't watch the last seven episodes. It just, I, <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely bonkers, man. We, uh, uh, we ran a story like a few months ago, a few, shows ago that uh, we were talking about Mad Men uh, bouncing back and forth between like Amazon Prime and AMC and it was like in this tiny little window too like every other week it was switching platforms yeah. which was like super crazy like have absolutely no idea how it all works uh, yeah yeah and and by the way brilliant fucking show so if you can find it on any of the 18,000 platforms that they said you could watch it on find it and watch it it's it, it's great but i mean and this is the future yeah. yeah, I mean the streamers. All the studios have made no secret they're they're cutting employees, they're cutting costs, they're streamlining all of their their revenue towards these streaming services. So this is the future. Exactly. I mean, uh, it's just something we're gonna have to get used to. So exactly, exactly. Well, this is exciting news. Him being the original writer of the original show or the original movie, uh, Clive Barker has joined uh, the, an executive producing team for HBO's developed series adaptation of his classic horror franchise, Hellraiser. Yeah. Yes, Pinhead. Yeah, man. Freaking based on uh, Hellraiser, the horror franchise, and uh, Clive Baker's novel, The Hellbound Heart. The series is planned for um, continuation in the already uh, established kind of universe. We're using the term universe for everything. Yeah, because now. everybody wants an MCU. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, yeah. it's not going to happen. Just stop trying to build your cinematic universes. It was a one and done. You're never going to recreate it. Just move the fuck on. Um, I mean, I am excited about this, though, because Pinhead is one of those classic, awesome horror characters, but he's also one of those ones, like, if you do it wrong, he's ridiculously stupid and corny. Super cheesy. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so, to bring on the original creator is probably a smart idea. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's, it's probably a smart move. We Clive don't. is going to keep him creepy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, now heading over to Viacom, CBS, CBS Viacom, whichever it were. Uh, you were going to nail it one time. One I time. Know it. I know one it. One time. Either or. Uh, they released some solid numbers showing uh, some growth in their streaming service. Paid subscribers for CBS All Access and Showtime standalone streaming service has climbed to like 17.9 million from 13.5 million subs uh, that they let us know about earlier this year. So, I mean, you know, a decent enough uh, chunk jump right there. And, of course, their ad-supported Pluto TV service has reached uh, 28.4 monthly million monthly active users. So, I mean, you know, the total 
total revenue for this di- digital streaming service and for whatever they have going on streaming wise is around like 636 million that's a 56 climb from a year ago so yeah. that's awesome yeah and and i think that's a concerted effort because I, what they did really brilliantly i thought was they took some of the shows that were exclusively on CBS All Access and put them on network so that people that didn't have All Access could see them yeah. and vice versa. Took some network shows and plopped them onto CBS All Access. I thought that was a brilliant move to kind of show people what they've got. Like The Good Fight and uh, Star Trek Discovery, they plopped on network and said, hey, look what we're showing on CBS All Access. So um, I thought that was a brilliant move. and. Look, I, I, I'm a fan of CBS All Access. I was a fan of yes. it when it first kicked off. I'm a fan, I think, that now that they're going to do the rebranding to Paramount Plus and they're merging all of their kind of like channels and content into this this one giant streamer, I think that's going to work really well for them. So um, I'm also a fan that you can bundle. <laughs> Like, you know, Apple is the future, guys, because Apple is trying to figure out a way with all these deals with everybody to bundle to where you can literally go to Apple Plus and watch all of them in one spot. Like, I can, what, we can currently do what, Logan, uh... Uh, CBS All Access, Showtime, Netflix, uh, Netflix, uh, um, and yeah, a bunch of them from Apple. We could just log into our Apple account, and we have access to all those different ones through that. I think if if Apple can get all of them, and you can just like pay a little bit extra to have your stuff associated with Apple, and you can literally just go there for everything, that's going to be brilliant. Uh, that would be saying. amazing. It's so confusing otherwise to keep figure out who you have subscriptions to and, and who is it through and how much are you paying and how do I access it and what's my freaking password? Yeah, right, yes, like please. just bring them all together. Let me pay one flat rate and I mean of course it'd be distributed to all the select streamers and that would just make everything so much easier. And I mean I feel like that if that bundle package were to happen that would be the end of uh, – I mean, network television, to be honest. We've been talking about cutting the cord for years. So, I mean, with all those streaming services at maybe a decent rate, I, I think that might be a nail in the coffin. Yeah, I, I agree. I just I know we've been talking about it a long time, but I just do not see network slash linear television surviving the next 20 years. I, yeah. ju- I just don't see it happening. I, I just think it's going to end at no, some point. Yeah, yeah, COVID is definitely not helping. No, not at all. Um, but speaking of CBS All Access, I brought it up. Star Trek Discovery, they and this could be one of the reasons why it's so popular. They just made television history this week with this week's episode when they debuted a storyline, and we talked about this a couple of, uh, a couple of episodes ago about the casting of these two actors. Um, they debuted a storyline highlighting a romance between a non-binary character. Uh, a human named Adira, and a trans character, a trill named Grey. Um, what's even wow. more fascinating about that, um, they're actually played by a non-binary actor and a trans actor, uh, Blue Del Barrio and Ian Alexander. So I know what you're thinking, right? Uh, but what about Orange is the New Black and Pose and Billions? And, and uh, you're correct about that. But this is the first time – I mean there, we're making strides. We're making movements. But this is the first time ever in television history apparently that there's been an explicit – Full out this type relationship between a non-binary and a trans, and the storyline that is going to continue that. So, congratulations to uh, Paramount and 
Star Trek Discovery and the creators behind the show and CBS All Access and Viacom CBS for having the courage, the guts, and the wherewithal to do this and, and go with it because it's a necessary step in the right direction. And they've been leading it kind of lately. I, I really feel like they have been. So kudos to them, man. Agreed. Well, they've got a great, diverse, a, tr- a truly authentically diverse cast just from the get-go before they even delved into this storyline. I really feel like it's... Uh, such a, a diverse cast that feels authentic and not just diverse for diversity's sake. It's, the casting on this is brilliant. Uh, and Wilson Cruz is a friend, so hi, Wilson Cruz. Uh, it's just, it's it, they're really, truly amazing, talented actors, and they all feel genuine. The casting is perfect. It's it's just super exciting for them to be delving into these uh, into these real true uh, genuine storylines. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, this next one is super exciting because anybody who knows and follows Tyler Perry, you know the success that he had being able to do exactly this. So this is very interesting. Blackish creator Kenya Barris is in serious conversations with Viacom CBS to leave Netflix, who he just signed a huge mega deal with, yeah. leaving Disney to go to Netflix. But he's in serious negotiations to leave Netflix and join Viacom CBS, into which, if it goes down, he will be an equity partner in a new studio that Viacom CBS would create in association with BET. And he would be one of the equity partners and owner of this studio. So he's clearly following in the Tyler Perry's footsteps of who also has a deal with Viacom CBS and BET for the studios. And and we all know how that story ended up. I yeah. mean, Tyler Perry's a billionaire, and he's just, he who's was, that guy? I never heard of him. Yeah, right? right. You know that guy that was in the station wagon a few years ago, uh, <laughs> literally living out of his car. Now a billionaire, one of the biggest studios, you know, outside of the of the West Coast, and and you know, it's just an amazing story. So. If Kenya Barris can follow along those footsteps, smart move. Here's the ridiculous part. Netflix spent all that money and all that aggression after going after him to get him away from ABC. They said, "Nah, we're fine. If, if this works out and you want to go, we'll let you out. What? Wow. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> like, super crazy. I mean, what does that even mean? Why do you spend all that money to get him and then say, "Nah, we'll let you out? I'll tell you why, because Reed is not giving him a studio. Yeah. He's not making him an equity partner in shit. Yeah. So <laughs> that's why he's letting him go. So, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, a lot of crazy stuff, man. A lot of crazy stuff. Um, well, some more crazy stuff. Production on CBS, uh, daytime drama, hot show, freaking crazy. Your mom loves it. Uh, yes, <laughs> the yes, Young and the Restless is slated to proceed as planned despite two people testing positive for corona. Uh, sources say in an email sent that the production crew on November 1st informing them that the production uh, received two new positive tests of COVID uh, but apparently the individuals have uh, self-isolated and now the rest of everybody else who's been on set will continue proceeding so um, yeah man I mean it's super crazy right now so I I understand. I mean, you know, it's kind of a balancing act between everybody wants to work and make money and help, hopefully help the economy out. But at the same time, death. You don't want to fucking die. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. And my mom, you're so right. She, the first thing she said when I was talking about this story for this week's show, she, it wasn't Victor, was it? And I'm like, you mean Eric? Victor! And I'm like, mom, we've interviewed him on the show. We've talked to him. You, know, you listen to the interview. He's, it's Eric. Eric Braden. Victor! I'm just like, no. <laughs> you gotta separate them, okay? They're not this... I didn't know Victor was born during the war and it was Bob. Victor wasn't, Mom! It was Eric! God damn it! Like, just... Victor Newman wasn't born over 
in Germany. I'm just saying, all right. Oh, but, <laughs> she's so funny with that shit. Red. Oh, man. Well, now hopping over to NBC Universal. Jimmy Fallon, everybody knows the Tonight Show host. Uh, he's been with them for a while, and apparently they are now in negotiations of uh, contract negotiations. Oh. And, yeah, so, I mean, first he signed his contract back in August of 2015 for an additional three and a half years, and now his current contract runs through the end of 2021, oh. but apparently they want to make some adjustments there because, I mean, yeah. I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. No, and, and, I mean, I think this is generous, and I think if he's smart, he signs on the dotted line and gets this <clears> thing extended because – He's number three now. Yeah. He has dropped behind both Stephen Colbert and uh, Jimmy Kimmel. And The Tonight Show is not the, you know, the dominant force that it was. Yeah. So sign on the dotted line, Jimmy, and just, you know, keep just going. Because, you know, and when you drop the third place in, in the, the late night talk show race, if they still want to keep you around, do it. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Completely. Well, I hope they pay him enough. I'm very worried about his paychecks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. He's so poor. I mean, he's not making anywhere near enough money though. Yeah, right. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, now heading over to AMC. Oh, my goodness, this you guys. This is super exciting because we're finally going to learn the backstory behind Lucille in The Walking Dead. Oh, my gosh. Jeffrey D. Morgan uh, is bat. Everybody knows it. It They love it. Um, But apparently, we're going to get some flashback scenes. No doubt this is uh, to help revamp, like, bring back fans that might have dropped off a little bit. Uh, Like me. Yeah, me, us too, man. Us too. We dropped off completely. Uh, but it's going to be Jeffrey Dean Morgan's wife. Yeah, yeah, Hillary Burton. And I'm super huge, excited about that. And I think this is a smart move because I think the initial drop-off was that people just, for whatever reason, did not connect with Negan after he did his shit. And it just yeah. was not a likable character. I don't think it went the way that the creators thought it was going to, even though they portrayed him perfectly from the graphic novel. Yeah. But it was just, I guess, too much for people. I think this is a good way to try to humanize Negan show the wife show the 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 namesake of the bat and what it meant to her and who he was before Negan and and I think and and this makes total sense to cast his real life wife it's the same thing Padalecki with Walker with his real life wife because of the COVID situations if you're going to have a love story if you're going to have these situations where you're going to have to be intimate it makes sense to do it with your real life partner so smart move by AMC and Hillary Burton she's just brilliant I mean, in every from our very own all the way back when she was a teenager, and I saw her in that all the way through up what most recently Council of Dads. Yeah. Just a brilliant actress and just good. I'm thrilled. Definitely, definitely. Uh, heading over to Netflix. Netflix doing some things too. Uh, Jeremy Irons, not Jeremy Gordon. Jeremy Irons uh, <laughs> <laughs> is set to headline Netflix's original film Munich, uh, and it's or an, Munich, Munich, whatever, whichever. Everybody goes. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. An adaptation of the best-selling uh, two. That's where Victor Newman was born, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 2017 novel by Robert Harris. The film is now shooting in Germany and will also shoot in the UK. Netflix will release the film in 2021, and the story is set in the fall of 1938 when Europe stands on the brink of war with Germany. And I mean, it's about you know Adolf Hitler invading Czechoslovakia. Slovakia and uh, all that good You got stuff. Czechoslovakia and not Munich? I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Screw you guys. <laughs> Yeah, to, to be fair, you have done really well with names today, though. Yeah. You, you are doing really well. Thank you. So, Thank you. I try. <laughs> it's a running joke, Jeremy. I'm sure. You're a fan of the show. You know. Uh, you know. Oh, yeah. 
You know, Jeremy Irons, by the way, years and years ago when I was just a wee little lad and I did not like my name, Jeremy, and my grandmother sat me down and showed me a full page ad in the New York Times about Jeremy Irons. And I was a little kid. I didn't know actors or what anything was, but she showed me this famous, amazing guy. His name is Jeremy Irons, and it's okay to have the name Jeremy. And somehow she convinced me to love my own name. So thanks, Jeremy Irons. Yeah. I mean, that's freaking awesome. Hey, Grandma, yeah. I mean, <laughs> sure, sure. You're Jeremy Irons. I was named after Dustin Hoffman. But as time went on, that story somehow changed to Dusty Rhodes. Like, yeah, I was named after Dusty Dusty Rhodes, okay? All right, sure, the American dream. Let's stick with Hoffman and move on, okay? Like, okay. Not that I didn't like Dusty Rhodes. I thought Dusty Rhodes was great, you know? Yeah, and yeah. now look at his family, and, and you know, yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. No dig against Dusty Rhodes. I'm just, <laughs> just saying. Oh, Hoffman was a better namesake. That's all I'm saying. So all right. freaking funny, man. So freaking funny. Uh, heading over to Amazon. Claudia yes. Dumit and uh, Colby uh, Minifi. Yes, there you go. Yeah, have been promoted to see regulars for the upcoming third season of amazon's huge hit show the boys uh i mean now what show is that uh, yeah right <laughs> what show is that uh, claudia joined uh, as a recurring in season two appearing in five episodes as victoria and um yeah man i'm super excited about this because this show is just freaking blasting yeah. off like doing amazing things i hear i heard a little rumor that maybe some other popular guy from like you know used to drive around in a black car might be showing up on season three too ah yeah, yeah you, you know, know you know that jensen guy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that, that guy <laughs> um uh, so we'll see uh, well, let's see gosh he probably needs a job so let, let's make sure no yeah right <laughs> i mean shit oh man well Ooh. the last story of the day apple's got more cowbell they really do man <laughs> more cowbell yeah more cowbell oh man uh christopher walken has joined the cast of upcoming apple drama series severance uh he joins the cast that includes adam scott patricia arquette john turturro there it is and so many others i mean this is the series is described as a workplace thriller that introduces lumen industries a company that's looking to take work-life balance to a new level oh oh yeah walk-in will star as bert a the department head of optics and design so yeah can only imagine what that means look I love Christopher Walken, so I'm gonna watch it. Like I just, I don't know, like him as this type of a character. I don't know, but it's gonna be brilliant. So it's Walken, definitely. So. It's gonna be brilliant. The cast sounds amazing, and I just wanted to segue for a quick second and say all of these amazing shows on all of these streamers. I cannot watch them all. There are so right? many amazing things. I just cannot keep up. For, like for, I forget to watch network TV, and you know I have to watch The West Wing for the 14th time. So there's a yes. lot of things I can't get to. Hartsfield Landing, how a, I, I just, oh. I cried. I literally cried. It's like, how did they step right back into the roles? It's like they never left. It was so fucking brilliant. Incredible. It was oh, just so good. Goodness, man. So freaking good. You so know good. you know what Jeremy's doing? Well, Jeremy is, I think, trying to creep up on our forever guest. She, he is. Right? Let, you let, gotta like, treat her right. Rebecca yeah. Kennedy is amazing, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying, ten times, bro. You got a lot to try to follow up on. I mean, because she's going to keep coming, so I'm just saying. Rebecca and I have a little... Uh, backstory that we didn't even realize that we had oh okay uh, well you got to share now right. you can't you just throw out the forever so, guests and not share 
you forever guess you into you, you you technically introduced us and trying to get me to have an IG live with her. And as I keep thinking, like, why do I know? I, like, I know that she's an actress, but I feel like I know her, know her. And then lo and freaking behold, I am uh, Facebook messaging with all of the moderators of my casting directors for actors Facebook group. And who do you know is a moderator of my group that I didn't even put two and two together? Fucking Rebecca Kennedy. <laughs> That's great. It's all connected, man. It it's is. all connected. It's so weird how small the community it actually is, is right? It, I mean, it's just, it really is a small, tight-knit community, and you don't even know it. So It's so crazy. I mean, that's my group, and I didn't even realize that she, this is the same, Rebecca Kennedy. And then I emailed her, I'm like, wait, are you, is this the, is, am I losing my mind? She's like, no, it's me. So now we're going to have to IG live. Well, yes. yeah, I'm so glad we could hook you guys up. I mean. Right? No, no, doing what we can, doing what we can. Man. So freaking good, man. So freaking good. Well, now it is time for our guest segment. We got the one and only Stacy Orstado coming on the show to talk about all these amazing things and Billy Joel. Yeah, uh, and, <laughs> uh, of course, of course. And she just happens to be really good friends with Jeremy. Yeah. Well, how'd that yeah. happen this week? What? <laughs> but I mean, come on. But Friday Night Lights, freaking Bunheads. I mean, Amy Sherman Palladino. I have so many questions about Amy Sherman Palladino. Right. I mean, she's just like freaking <laughs> crazy awesome. And so I can't wait to talk to her about that. But she's just really fun. And then, like you said, she's sticking around apparently for this Billy Joel thing. So uh, that's going to come up, I'm for sure. So so happy. So freaking happy. Well, here she is. Stacey Oristano, welcome inside the crazy ant form. How are you? Oh, my God. I'm good, huh? <laughs> She's like, whoa, it's out of the gate already. Like, bam. That's it's like, already crazy. <laughs> we are crazy, you've been warned. <laughs> We are super stoked to have you on the show. We, uh, I mean, like, honestly, uh, huge Friday Night Lights fans, obviously. Uh, I'm huge Amy Sherman Palladino fans of Bunheads. I mean, just so many different projects that you've been involved in that we're excited to talk to you about. And then, of course, we've been kind of teasing this, the whole thing, but you, we, we're going to call you out on the Billy Joel thing. We are going to put you to the test. Yes. And so we, we, we will do that. We'll get there at the end and kind of do the top five. So. Fucking um, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> I will put my Billy Joelness up against anybody's Billy Joelness. Oh, oh her Billy Joelness. Yes, all, yes. all right, all right. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna see. We're gonna see. <laughs> what we like to do first, though, is kind of introduce you to the guests a little bit who might not be familiar with who you are, and kind of talk about how you got started in the industry and how it kind of all went down. Um, was it something you kind of always knew you wanted to do, or did you kind of fall into it, or how'd you get started? My father is um, a sportscaster. He does the well. He used to do the play-by-play for the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, it's it, perfect already. Yes. <laughs> um, when it wasn't football season, he would do theater. Like he would do musical theater, and I would sit backstage and like watch all these beautiful dancer girls and their glitter costumes. And I was like, "Yeah, this is what I want to do. I love this." And like since then, I think I was three or four when I told my dad that it's what I was going to do, and he was like, "Well, fuck." <laughs> 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 so and it, did you get the conversation after that it's like well but first you're going to do this and this and this or was it just kind of like oh mm-hmm. fuck here we go and yeah. you're and you're gonna it's, jump into oh it. fuck 
And you need to minor in waiting tables at college. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you you got to love parents, right? I mean, <clears throat> nothing wrong with chasing your dream, but also nothing wrong with cleaning this table up. So do, just do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's good. All right. So from a very early age. And was it always kind of like you knew film and television? Or was you said, you know, the dancing girls and the glittery costumes? Mm-hmm. Did you see yourself maybe Broadway? or, or what Yeah, was, no, it's always been theater for me that was my main goal i went to school in london to study classical theater and then i moved to new york and did shows for a long time and i thought that was it for me but then friday night lights came along as like a thing a possibility and i was like "Mm, okay i'll try it (laughs) yeah why not it's absolutely amazing too because that show spawned so many careers uh, I, I mean it was absolutely you know I think a lot of people myself included I'm like oh what they're doing a series from the film what eh, maybe eh. but then you start watching it and you start realizing what it is and 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 what it what you've got there and it was just amazing I mean the the the, the characters the cast yourself included were just phenomenal I think it was one of the best television adaptations from film that that honestly I've seen uh, seriously um, so Derek- Eric Phillips, who plays Billy Riggins, he yeah. and I were friends before the show ever happened. We were we did theater and stuff together in Dallas. And he told me, he was like, Stacey, I got cast in this pilot. And I was like, oh, my God, what was it? And he goes, Friday Night Lights. And I was like, what, like the movie? Yeah, that's <laughs> never that's never going to get picked up. But like, congratulations. <laughs> that is so funny. And yeah, I mean, because especially because it was such a successful movie, you think eh, it's going to last, you know, if it does get picked up a, a few few episodes and then they'll cancel it. But no, it, mm-hmm. like I said, the ca- it, just the storyline mm-hmm. and the cast and it, it was just real. Talk about that a little bit, because. You know, it it was such a phenomenal cast, and it wasn't scared to talk about controversial subjects, and, and it wasn't scared to dive into maybe situations that people weren't willing to talk about at that time. So, talk about what the environment was, and 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 how you know, being from Texas, right? And we all know if you're yes. from Texas, football is everything. So, yeah, was it realistic? Was it portraying what you believe to be like? This is how it was in my life, or talk about the situation and what it was like on set. Uh, Oh God, so so realistic. Um, I went to high school in Arlington, Texas, and yeah, the world closes down on Fridays. All the businesses are closed, and you all go to the football game. Like that's what you do. And just it was. I, I was living in New York at the time that I got to go back and film, and just like being back in Texas and how realistic it was. And it was really easy to just jump into that whole that whole like Texas vibe of it. And that cast, man, it's. It, to me, it's a testament to Peter Berg and Jason Kadams and everyone who started the show, but they put together this group of people who were like so fucking stupid talented. Yes. But we also we became family so fast and we all just really loved each other, which I think helped. That's not always the case on a show. No, you know, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because Jason, it seems like if you just follow from project to project, there's a lot of people that pop up in all of the things that he's in. And he, it does seem very family oriented, very, friend, you know, like I'm going to bring you along. I've got this new project and I want you here. Or I want you there. And the t- so those type of environments are always fun to hear about because like you said, it's not always the case. And so to hear that it is like that, especially on a drama and especially on something that's was as popular as it was. It's good to hear. Yeah. And from the top down, like if somebody didn't fit or it didn't feel right, they didn't come back. You know what I mean? Like you had to fit into our kind of casual way that we worked there. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so it, it's kind of like the Netflix environment. Nah, it's just not working out. You're out of here. Um, so 
excuses. <laughs> exactly. That's actually pretty funny. Um. Okay. All right. All right. So Friday Night Lights, obviously. Okay. You've been, so you've come off the stage. You're on television. Yeah. First of all, did you find that transition hard? Like to like to come off of the stage and and get in front of the camera in front of television? Because we've had so many guests on that talk about that transition and having to dial it back and be and you know play smaller as opposed to having to reach the back of the room. Um. Did you find that transition hard? It was almost impossible for me because I do mu- I do musical theater, so it's like big and grand and silly and whatever. And I, I, I sometimes like if I catch a glimpse of one of my earlier scenes, I'm mortified. But I just <laughs> learned by watching other people work, and especially Kyle and Dana Wheeler Nickerson, who played my mom, like mm-hmm. doing scenes with them and watching them do so much without doing anything. And I was like, wait, what are you doing? But it's brilliant. And so I'm just like trying to watch everybody do what they're doing and then trying to like mimic in my own way. And it took me a couple of years, I think, to really feel comfortable with the smallness of it. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, that's really interesting to hear. And especially like navigating your career with your such deep passion for, you know, being on stage and the the theatrical performance, but also having the television and movie success. Like, how do you navigate? Do you do like, maybe I'll do a year or two in theater and then jump back to television and film? Or like, do you do like month on month off type stuff? Or how does that work? Uh, I decided to pack up and move to LA. I think season three of FNL and mm-hmm. I have been there ever since. Um, this past year, I took some time off to go work in politics down in Texas because um, some bad things were happening. And then I decided that it was time to go back to theater. So I moved to New York in February, which was just terrible timing because then two weeks later we were in lockdown. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> I moved back here to do specifically to do theater because I, I, I miss it and I like need it for my, my soul. Mm, yeah. I, it's a totally different beast, right? I mean, as great as film and television is, mm-hmm. that, that instant reaction from the audience, the, the, you know, the, the grind of it being live every single performance, it's just a totally different beast. Yeah, it's completely. It's, it's apples and oranges. Like people talk about how it's similar and stuff, and I don't think it's similar at all. No, <laughs> it's so different. The, the, the way it sits inside of your being, no matter what part of the theater you're involved with, actor or or behind the stage, it's just this feeling of I don't know. It's just love. You have to love it a hundred times more than film and TV. I feel. And it's just it's just love all around, and there's nothing like you know a backstage green room massage too in the, mm-hmm. in the way. So. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely that has to be that love there because it's not easy, and it's not like nobody does it for the money. You do it because you love yeah. it. Yeah, and, and you have to love it because there's no cut. If if something goes wrong, right. you know you're you're on there. That the the reaction you have to just go if it's not working for you 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 gotta pray you're the guy next to you or the woman next to you is gonna carry it or you're gonna have to figure it out or so i i just i love the idea of the rawness of theater because it you know you have to figure it all out it's all laid out right there and regardless of what kind of a reaction you're getting you've got to go with it and i just always feel mm-hmm. like sometimes the best performances come from that raw realness of the moment you know absolutely that's what i love about it yeah i like when there's when like mistakes with props or a piece of set that just doesn't move properly. <laughs> yeah. You still gotta go with it. Oh my god, this, this fell down and, and we're yeah, going Oh my with god, it. this is <laughs> happening. 
<laughs> well, I mean, speaking of goofs, I mean, we uh, this is a new thing we started asking our guests that come on the show. What would you say is your most memorable goof, either on stage or on a set, that you look back on now and you can just laugh at yourself? Because I think those are some of the, uh, the funnest stories to tell. Oh, yeah. I'm famous for falling down oh, like, shit. In, in real life. I can't. Almost in every show I've done, probably I've fallen down, and it's just like it's funny and whatever. But like I've fully broken my leg on stage. Oh my goodness! Like continue, you continue to do the show, and then you can like cry after. (laughs) But I'm, I'm. There's a theater in Dallas that I used to work for a lot, and I shit you not, it got to the point to where if I was offered a part, they would make me sign a waiver that said I promise not to use your workers' comp. Oh shit! While I'm in the show, I shit you not. So, so you must be fun on feature films then, right? Yeah, for the insurance purposes, that yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I get hurt. I get hurt a lot. <laughs> that is hilarious. Okay, so uh, you, we've talked about uh, the stage. We've talked about Friday Night Lights and everything. So I, I have to dive into this because, like I said, I'm a huge Amy Sherman Palladino fan and Daniel Palladino fan. I just think they're absolutely brilliant from everything they've ever touched. And Bunheads falls right into that category. Uh, I think so unjustly canceled well before its time. Um, Sometimes I think the people just don't get the genius of those creators. And then for whatever reason, they're like, "Eh, this isn't clicking for us. But talk about that. Talk about working underneath that and what that was like. I mean, of course, the brilliant Kelly Bishop was on that as well. Um, talk, Talk about that experience and what that was like, because I have to imagine that world and that set is so just completely, I don't even know how to describe it. You describe it. <laughs> um, that one was so 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 yummy for so many reasons but um that show every series regular all the creators and the writing room was all female and just to create that sort of safe space that we had um to begin with was amazing but there's something about and i, I noticed this in my audition too amy amy writes the way that i think and so it's so super easy yeah Sorry, um, Jeremy, Lily Mirajnik is in my house and she's mouthing at me right now. <laughs> oh, Lily. Hi, Lily. <laughs> We're trying to find my cat. Oh, oh. <laughs> missing cat. <laughs> missing cat. All right. Okay. PSA, no, 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 if, you, PSA. if you watch the show, if you watch the show, happy. But uh, that's Lily Mirajnik, series regular from the TV show, happy. <laughs> Look at that. Everybody, tell her, yeah, tell her welcome into the farm. Man, I'll get, I'll get, join the fun. Come on. <laughs> um, but so Amy writes the way that I think and so it it was so effortless for me to get the the comedy and the rhythm and what she was doing there was only one time and she knew exactly what I was asking and I was like Amy will you just beat this out for me this like <laughs> monologue that she'd written and she goes da 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 and I was like yep got it and that's exactly like where the comedy was written and what she needed me to do and it just was effortless and like I got, like working with Sutton and Kelly Bishop this musical theater girl nerd was dying oh I bet I'm like, <laughs> yeah and so does she it's so funny you were like you know can you tell me the beats and it's da 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 is, is that her does she really talk the, the way she writes like it, it, I mean is she that fast spoken and everything she does is a pop you know culture reference and like is that her or is that just like brilliant writing no she doesn't necessarily she talks 
very very fast but it's not necessarily like that her her writing though is so is so specific and it just makes sense to me there's something mathematical about it that I like I just I understand it and Dan does the same thing when Dan writes for me Dan Palladino he loves to write me lists and it's just like a list of 30 things that I have to memorize and he just thinks it's funny to watch me try to memorize and do it you motherfucker (laughs) well but it sounds like you have a really good relationship with them and and I just even from this conversation you seem very passionate about what you do and you seem very fun yourself so I feel like you're on set you you've got to just be one of those gems to work with you know that that creators want to reach out okay Jeremy so let's let's talk about it you've cast her in numerous projects uh how is she during the audition process is she a gem is she a pain in the ass let's tell the truth come on Jeremy over yeah does does she trip when, when she comes in or what like well Let's just be clear that I've cast AC six times, and I think five of those have been straight offers. Uh, mm-hmm. I just want to say, she's she's amazing. So I know her more on set and how incredible she is because she doesn't audition for me. We just give her roles. She is the, the consummate professional, nicest, sweetest, most down-to-earth person. I mean, literally what you hear is what you get. She did the first time I ever cast her in my cousin Chase Friedman's short film called Hitting on Destiny. I'm begging Stacey Oristano from Friday Night Lights to please do this role. There's, you know, barely no money, but will you please do this? And I get to set, and I haven't met her yet, but I get to set, and there she is, sitting on the floor, on set, in the living room, because there weren't enough chairs, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, Stacey Oristano from Friday Night Lights, somebody get her a chair. I don't need a chair. I can sit on the floor. I'm just fine. Don't worry about me. I'll probably fall out of the chair anyway, right? Exactly. I'm trying not to get hurt. That's right. You said there's no money involved. I can't get hurt. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't have workers' call. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Oh my, oh my goodness. goodness. So, okay. Well, you said that, that, that you, you know, it's pretty much straight offer, right? So Stacy, talk about other, uh, when you said like when you auditioned for, for the Paladinos and for the role, um, mm-hmm. talk about that. It, have you seen a kind of big shift? And I know Jeremy wants to kind of talk about this too, because we have so many guests on now that talk about the importance of social media and where the industry has kind of gone with social media. Um, have you run into that issue with, with being cast? Do they, are they concerned about your followers? Does it come up when oh, yeah. you're doing an audition or let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. In the, in the end it can come down to two people and then they'll look at who has more Twitter followers or whatever. And it's heartbreaking to me that it's not necessarily based on talent. Mm. It doesn't matter as much. Yeah. That's terrible. Okay. Jeremy. No, yeah, no, right? but that, that's, that's why we want. And so I'm so happy that we have Jeremy with us tonight. So from the other yeah. side of that, Jeremy, talk about that. Uh, have you seen the change with the people that hire you to do the casting? How has it kind of entered into your world and how you approach what you do? Yeah, 100%. So I want to start out by saying, first and foremost, it is never the decision of the casting directors to mm-hmm. make or going to cast by social media followers. It always comes from above, whether it's independent producers or studios or networks. Yeah. It comes from somebody else. But it then, it then becomes our responsibility to find either, you know, legit influencers who have 10 million followers or actors that just have a high social media profile. Uh, it makes sense if you think about it from a financial standpoint. If you have 10,000 followers versus 100,000 followers, it's just more fans and you can't argue with that logic. Uh, but it will always come down to talent for the casting directors. 
Uh, sometimes we are forced to cast actors with higher social media profiles. Sometimes the roles are written specifically for that. Uh, but it, it is frustrating for us also. But it's one of those things where you need the talent. You need to go to classes. You need to work on your craft. You need to know the business. You need to know how to handle yourself in an audition. And you need to know social media. It's just one of those things. But it always comes down to the talent for casting. 100%. Well, there was that big dump that Twitter did a while ago where they like got rid of all the, the bots. And so all the people that had bought all of their followers, you would watch some actors and they'd have like 30,000 followers. And then that next day they have 4,000. And you're like, oh, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, well, you guys both have a pretty strong presence on social media. Was that was that a, 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 an intentional effort? Did you realize or see this change was kind of making the move and you've decided, okay, I'm going I'm going to do this. I'm going to try to ramp it up a little bit. And if so, uh, now, now I said this was a fun conversation. Now I'm getting all Q&A, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> did, did, did you say, I'm going to make these specific posts and I'm going to do it this way or that way? Or do you find that just being yourself and, and, and being who you are works better to try to attract your fans or, or your followers? Oh, God. I don't even think I have that strong of a social. I, I resisted <laughs> it for so long and then I finally do it, but I got really heavy into it when I started working in politics. Mm. I think I lost a lot of people that way, but I am apologetic. <laughs> unapologetic about how I feel and the things that I have passion in, so I'm fine with that. It's like it's so purely me. And my mom hates how much I cuss on there, but like that's who I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're from Texas. No, how can I, you not curse, right? I have these followers all the time when I post anything that's against Trump or pro Biden or anything political. I do stories a lot for politics and I lose followers more than I gain when I post about politics and I don't care. Uh, it is what it is. I definitely made a concerted effort to up my Instagram game just this year uh, and it's made a difference and all I am is myself on there and people either like it or they don't and I'll post some things where I'll gain a bunch of followers because they like mm -hmm. this video I'm doing on black actors and then they're going to hate the fact that I'm hating on Biden so all, all the MAGA people unfollow me and I say fuck them I don't care. It will, and, and Fair enough yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No <laughs> arguing here. No, <laughs> no. And, and, and J-Lo is definitely our, our, our social media guy. And I mean, when I initially met him, he was brought in for that very reason. And I feel like, you know, for us, it definitely works best when we're just ourselves. And, yeah. and yeah. I can definitely tell you through the political season, I have lost numerous followers and I really don't mm -hmm. give a shit. Um, it, it's fine. And so I, I want to talk about that just a little bit. Thank you for jumping into the political game and, 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 mm -hmm. for, and for using your platform to do just that. I think we need more people like that that aren't aren't scared and all these assholes out there that say that actors should stay out of it and just like leave their no. yeah i mean you're, you're a fucking american aren't you it doesn't matter that's just your job you uh, yeah you're an american you're a citizen you're a voter you have the right to say what you think and and try to you know put that out there and so all those people that are like eh, actors should just stay the fuck out of it like fuck no no that's <laughs> ridiculous so um what got you involved have you always been kind of heavily involved was it something that was always important to you and and that's why you kind of don't into it or was there an incident that made you say i gotta get into this i i, I gotta be a part of this i definitely was never super political i've always been really liberal but i've never been political i got really heavily behind obama um as much as i could at the time but i was sitting in la when was it three 
two and a half, three years ago, and it's when it was started getting really heavy in the news about the children being separated from their families and put in cages mm-hmm. at the border. And I was like, I can't sit here in LA and not do anything. I have to go. I'm being called. I have to go be of service. And I had been following Better Work for a while. I just really loved the way that he spoke. And I called the campaign and I asked him if I could work for them and they offered me a job. It didn't happen that fast. It was like two weeks. but And so I started working for Beto and going around with him and I got to speak at a bunch of his rallies and do some important work there and it started that started the whole like sort of fuel for the political work well thank you i mean and i think you know all of our listeners are heavily actively involved in and engaged you know with what's going on in the country and so they're gonna they're gonna appreciate it no doubt oh i guess the, the next question is is like when beto walked in were you sitting on the floor and he's like this is stacy from friday night let's get her a chair <laughs> like <laughs> Actually, the first time, the first time I met him, um, my friend Barbara was with me, and I was so, I'm so enamored with him. I, I like, I just, I love him, and I was like, uh, "Hi, my name's Stacy. I work for you." And Barbara goes, "Yeah, she's on Friday Night Lights too." And I'm like, "Shut up! He doesn't need to know that." <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> That is fantastic. Well, okay. I, I mean, I just okay. So now we, let, let's just transition into it. Are you ready, J Lo? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's change because all of this exciting stuff about your background, all of this really cool stuff. You seem just like this genuinely amazing person. We could not be more Ooh. happy to have you on the show. But now we're about to tear you down. So I, <laughs> because we're pretty big Billy Joel fans, Stacy, and we understand that you claim to be. The biggest Billy Joel fan on the face of the planet. So, of course, we had to choose, knowing that you were coming on the show this week and and Jeremy coming, we had to choose our top five category, top five Billy Joel songs. I mean, it only made sense. So, um, (laughs) and boy, did we get a lot of play. When when Jeremy and I text each other, we basically text through Billy Joel. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Uh, uh, So, do you actually, because I'm going to test you, and I know Jayla, we talked about this off the air before before we started recording. It's like every time we list one of our songs, we should make her sing a lyric, like, right. like si- sing the opening <laughs> lyrics to it or whatever. You and now, now the claim is you know every lyric to every song, so we're gonna find out, Stacy. <laughs> oh <laughs> well, Jeremy said it, Jeremy so now you know it. you're gonna play. <laughs> all I know is that she knows all the lyrics and she can sing. So, okay, well, we can't sing, so we'll leave the singing to you. That'll be uh, that'll be good. So, um, are you guys ready? Are you ready to jump into the top five? Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, I mean, guests go first always. Um, ladies go first. So, well, what you got? <laughs> you just want to test her right away. I do, like right away. She's she's on the spot. You just want me to do to do my top five. No, no. We you do your five. Jeremy will do his number five. J Lo will do his number five. I'll tell my number five, and then so on and so on. Yeah, we'll we do like four. do it all individually. Oh, okay. so, number five, Captain Jack. Ah, oh, oh. yes. Uh. And right away, we were wondering if we would have any duplicates, and uh, th- there it is. Someone yeah. mentions masturbation. That's <laughs> <a good> <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, oh, we are going to get along so well, Stacy. It's so oh well. <laughs> our, our, well, give us a lyric. Do you know the Do you know the line where he references masturbation? Uh, your sister's gone out, she's on a date, you just did a home and masturbate. Yeah, <laughs> yes! All right, follow that, Jeremy, I'm just saying, you know. Well, that's a perfect line for COVID for those of us who are single. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
<laughs> All right, Jeremy, number five. Summer high. Uh, sorry, Miami, twenty seventeen. Oh, oh, I like it. I like it. See, and I'm hoping that's what we're going to get, right? Choices that not a lot of people will go to. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, uh, I, I love Wait, do that. I, do I have to sing a lyric to it now? Yes, yes. you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Say let's go out on Yeah. Oh. Bring it on. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. I feel love to Broadway right about now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. All right. Oh, oh, hmm. Jayla, are you going to sing? No, uh, no, no. 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 No, no, All right. no, no. I'll just put mine out there, and I mean, I'm just going to preface it real quick. I am the youngest one, I feel like, out of the group, so mine are the, probably the most more well-known. Um, oh, excuse me, what do you mean well-known? They're, they're all well-known. All right, okay, all right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, we didn't start the fire. I just remember uh, being in music class when I was in like third grade, and my music teacher putting it on, and I was like, this is something special. Oh my gosh, dude, that's so funny. That, because I remember that song so distinctly because of everybody always like fighting about what the lyrics actually were. No shit. Is it Color Wars? Is it Cola Wars? It's like what, what the fuck? Is- cola yeah. Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right, well, all right. Now you know, we didn't start the fire. Let, let, let's hear it, Stacy. Uh, David Crockett, Peter Pan, Elvis Presley, Disneyland. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yes, fantastic. All right, well, my number five was a repeat. I also had Captain Jack. Uh, it's definitely one of my all-time favorite songs. I just think that the 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 lyrics and the storyline and what he's trying to tell, the message that he's trying to tell about life in that in that song are just freaking brilliant. Uh, everything. Do from- we do we think Captain Jack is his drug dealer? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> like if captain jack is not his drug dealer something's wrong because i mean i mean clearly everything that he references in that song everything that he's kind of going through captain jack should be his drug dealer if not so um but it's just a brilliant song an absolutely brilliant song so um and do, do you want to sing a second line of it like, like just give us another line from it speaking of lines oh god uh oh come on now what about the father at the bottom of the swimming pool come on come on <laughs> God, it was so like already going forward. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank you. It's special. Island. I'm like in a rock there you go. All right, all right, all right. There you go. All right. There you go. I felt like that was unfair anyway. She had already delivered a line. Yeah. I was just trying to be an asshole. You put her on no, the spot. I put her on the spot. All right. Okay, Stacey, number four. Oh, me? Yes. Uh, I don't have them in any order, but I'm doing it now in my head. I'm going to say Vienna. Oh, yes. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good one. It does indeed wait for you. I'm just <laughs> yes. It's just beautiful. Yes. Uh, well, let's hear it. Come on. Something beautiful. Uh, uh, just uh, Vienna waits for you. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that, that sums it all up right there, right? right? That's like the easy way out, but we'll take it. It's all right. It's fantastic. <laughs> that should be the opening to the podcast right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except say Crazy Aunt Waits for You. It'll be brilliant. Yeah, it's, yeah, okay. it's great. It's great. Oh, <laughs> Will man. you sing our theme song? <laughs> no, all right. <laughs> oh, man. Jeremy, what do you got for number four? Number four, the Ballad of Billy the Kid. Ooh, oh, that's such yes, a good one. that is a great one. Now we I we should really that's like a Broadway show to me. That song makes me think big, grand, 
show piece. I, yes. just, I just love thinking about it. Yes, yes. We should really put it to the test and say, what album are all these songs from? Right. Like, <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah, um, that just sounds mean. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, where are we at? Number four for you, uh, Yes, Logan? number four for me is this album that I actually just bought from a vinyl store, uh, Glass Houses. Some of you may know it. Yes. Um, but the song is Close to the Borderline. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I really like that one. Me too. And it's a brilliant nice. album, by the way. Yeah. A very brilliant album. It, it, it's, it's got so many songs on there that people would never think of to bring up. Yeah. You know? And so I'm glad, as a youngin', as you've pointed out numerous times now, thank you, uh, thank you. <laughs> that you are aware of these songs and play them. So um, fantastic. I, I love it. Um, my number four is A Matter of Trust. Mm. It's always just been okay. one of my Classic. favorite songs. You know, a one, two, uh, I can't sing, so. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Stacey, would you like to carry that along? Please, please do a line from that one. But then you always have to do the, gu- the, the guitar part after. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> exactly, you have to. But uh, I just, again, I-, I love the lyrics, I love the meaning behind the song, and it's just always been one of my favorites, A Matter of Trust. Agreed. Nice. Yes, all right, right Stacey, Very number nice. three. Um, Downey Storlexa. Mm, yes. <sighs> Man, good ones. <laughs> so good. Uh, we gotta I, hear- did a little, I did a little um, road trip during crazy lockdown just to get away from Brooklyn because I was going bonkers. And I ended up um, going to Rhode Island. Mm. And I played, it was like this beautiful seaside town. And I played Billy Joel the whole time I was there. And mm. it was just the perfect soundtrack to everything that was happening in Downey Sirlex. It was like the best that was there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it's it. it's a beautiful song. I mean, yeah, it's so and funny. written for his daughter. Yes. I mean, come on now. Yeah. It just, and it's so funny that you said that because it literally, I feel like there is a song from Billy Joel that consistently fits the soundtrack of your life. Right. Like no matter what <laughs> you're doing, whatever you're doing, you can throw in a Billy Joel song and it will be the perfect song for whatever that moment in your life is. Right. I mean, that's just how good his writing is, man. It's fantastic. There's always one that fits. Yes. Always. <laughs> All right. We're Jeremy. Number three. Number three. All right. So I will admit that I have a flat out tie for number three and you just have to deal with it because it is what it is. <laughs> can't come in here breaking rules, Jeremy. What do you didn't know? <laughs> All right. So first, the first one is because I taught seventh grade U.S. history before I was a casting director, and I taught an entire lesson in U.S. history based on We Didn't Start the Fire. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And the kids loved it and could sing every correct lyric to the song. <laughs> uh, it tied with from Billy Joel's Russian concert album, which I can never pronounce the name, but Collapse, Collapse, I can't pronounce it. It's the combo of the Odolia meets Angry Young Man and how they run into each other on that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a rare one, too, because I I can't even tell you how many people know about that album. So, like, well done, sir. Well done. Watching those monks at the top of that mountain in that structure chanting going into angry young man is everything yes oh, without when doubt he sings, when he sings leningrad on that album and mm. like yes. goosebumps <laughs> wow uh, wow these are good i know right? these are really really good all right what's your number three Jill? all right my number three goes to piano man mm. we have a funny yeah. story about this one we did like a facebook live one time of us just singing piano man in the car and uh i um i referenced it as a carnivore yes the microphone I, smells like a carnivore yeah so um <laughs> going back to things that reference our life and for <laughs> I'm not a carnivore, everyone no, out no. there. <laughs> 
And yeah, I, if you look at the video really, really close, even though I'm wearing sunglasses, you can see the eyebrow go up. I'm like, what the fuck? Did he just say carnivore? Like, what the? It was just, it was so funny. It was so, but he, to be fair, you did know every word except, I mean, so that was really good. For, I owned for, it. I yeah, owned you it. owned it. You, you did. You gave much bravado when you when you hit it. But, um. Pianaman question. What the fuck is a real estate novelist? <laughs> right? <laughs> yes! Right? Like, that's a, that, oh my gosh. That's a great question. Is, is, How do I apply? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that someone that just sits around and sells houses while they write a novel? I don't even know what that, exactly. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> but, Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have to call Billy up and ask him, what the fuck is it? Um, so, but, you know, all kidding aside, though, it, that song is just one of those. I, I've seen him live several dozen times, as I'm sure you guys have. And there's got to be the most amazing feeling. And you can see it in him when he performs it. To have a stadium of 80,000 people and there's kids as young as six and then people as old as 80 and they're yes. all singing your song. They all know every lyric. And I mean, that has got to be the most amazing feeling to have a song transcend so many decades like that, that you can bring a stadium of 80,000 people together to sing it. It's amazing. I mean, absolutely. It's amazing. Like maybe, maybe that and um, sweet Caroline are like the only, yeah. like, yes. a handful more, but it's just like, everybody knows it. Exactly. And, and, and it just spans every generation. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. You love the song. And it's just, yeah, it's definitely one of those. Um, My number three, scenes from an Italian restaurant. Mm. I absolutely love that song. Everything about it, the way it starts slow, it ramps up, it goes into it, brings it back for the slowdown. And I mean, any song that references wine, I have to love um, <laughs> because I love wine. And um, so <laughs> I just, again, just one of those brilliant storytelling songs about here's life. Yeah, and, and some DuPont carpet and paintings from Sears. <laughs> yes, exactly! Exactly! For anybody who knew back then, I mean, do, if you didn't have DuPont carpet and paintings from Sears, what was wrong with what you? Was where, wrong with where, you? Where, where, where was life for you? Like, I'm just... You, you know who didn't? A real estate novelist. I bet yeah. they didn't have it because, you know... That, I did not. I, I, <laughs> That's why he's at the bar every night. Exactly, because he didn't have any DuPont carpet. God damn it. <laughs> um, number two, Stacey. What you got for number two? And so it goes. Oh, yes. 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 A, slow, a slow jam. Yes, and, and we have to hear something from that one. Come on. Uh, and so it goes, and so it goes, and you're the only one. Yeah. Wow, wow you can uh, sing. You can sing. All right. So good. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. <laughs> I don't know how we follow up on top fives anymore yeah, now. Right. There's like, can you bring Stacy back to sing that one? <laughs> <laughs> sure. We're going to be expected to sing all of our top fives. <laughs> like, yeah. Stacey, you can bring thing too and the two of them go at it oh, oh my, my gosh goodness. yeah we'll bring lynn in and we'll get the clearance and you guys can do freaking hamilton it'll be fantastic it'll be all right <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah let's make that happen all right uh, we should make that happen <laughs> um uh, jeremy number two uh, my number two is gonna be your number three is scenes from an italian restaurant mm, yes Very smart nice. man smart man <laughs> it's another broadway-esque type for me when i hear that it is like it's it's like Queen songs. It's just like there's so much going on, and yet the lyrics bring you right down back to earth. Exactly. I, I, I love it. And another one that everybody knows. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've just casually, 
uh, be, be either because I'm drunk or just in a mood. I don't I don't know. But I'll post, you know, the bottle of red or, you know, the bottle. Of, and people will reference, oh, Billy Joel. And it's like all different kinds of ages of my friends. Like yes. they all know what I'm referencing when I make that post. And so just another one of those songs that transcends, you know. I think it's the wine. But I mean, I, you <laughs> I know. It's, so. <laughs> it's probably because I'm drunk most of the time. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. Um, and I'm red or white. It's fine. Sometimes both. I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm gonna make a little pink. It's all right. In exactly, Stacy. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness, so funny. Uh, my number two is Uptown Girl. Oh yes. Because I'm always yeah. trying to chase after the girl that is always out of reach, but mm-hmm. it's okay. Sometimes you get them. Sometimes you get them. <laughs> 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 yeah, great story about that one for me seeing him in concert it was um unfortunately when he was maybe in the heyday of his uh having the alcohol problem and he was just like not in a good place on stage and uh, he started singing that song and the crowd was chanting for it you know they were like uptown girl uptown girl and he's like so he starts singing it and everything and then just like all of a sudden he just stops fuck that bitch <laughs> and then just moved on to the next song and i'm like okay billy all right it's okay you're you're good just move on to the next song i was just he was not feeling it that night but um it was it's so amazing to me though during that stress that entire concert it was like you know he had to keep looking for the lyrics you know the prompter and had to get like he wasn't quite on with the but man he did not miss a beat on the piano it's just amazing to me that the the pure talent and skill that that man had is like i i can't remember my name right now but i am not gonna miss a note of this song you know it it was just it was definitely an interesting concert put it that way it was (laughs) so every time i hear up down girl i'm like "Mm, that night okay uh let's see my number two I, I this one had to be because that's I, I, where I'm from. So New York state of mind. Mm. I mean, just it, it's always been a, a one for me. When we moved away from New York, it was always like it would come on the radio, and I'm like, I'm so there, I'm so there. That's my mind frame. Why did you move, mom? Like it's just you know. So it's kind of it's got that place in my heart. That's all. It's just you know New that's York it. state of mind. That's fine. That's so. the one he sang at the piano after 9/11. With yeah. Yes. The fireman's hat and the, oh, God. Yes. Are you kidding me? Uh, Right. Like, I mean, and you could just tell it was just so raw, so real from him. And I was just like, yes, that's it, Billy Joel. You you are the man. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't like Billy Joel? Exactly. Uh, Can we just say that before we finish this list up? Like, if if they don't, I don't like that. I have, I have people in my life that don't love Billy Joel and it breaks my heart. Do you though? Or, or, cause I feel I like, really I feel do. like there's only two kinds of people. Like you, you love Billy Joel or you lie about not loving Billy Joel. Cause I mean like, how, how can you just not? Right. I mean, it's the same. It's the same for me and Jeremy. I know it feels the same way. It's the same for me with West Wing. Like I, I have people yeah. that are like, eh, it wasn't for me. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, right? I mean, come on. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I have watched that show, the entire run of that show, no less than like 50 times. I mean, I can't oh, get enough of that show. Um, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm binge watching it again now too because I, as soon as they did the special, the election special, I, before the election special, I went back and watched the episode that they were going to do the election special recreation of. And then, of course, I was so hooked, I have to go back and start watching the show again. So I'm just... 
Don't you wish after seeing the Hartsfield uh, special though, that they would just come back and do it? I mean, honestly, oh I think God. they the the idea that was thrown out there. How did we get on this from Billy Joel? Um, the idea no that idea. was thrown out there, you know, <laughs> about really doing fault. doing a recreation or, or you know, uh, um, um, a revival with Sterling K as the president and having the original staffers there as kind of like you know aides and counselors and stuff. I just think that would be brilliant. I think people would eat that up. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. I'll watch it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's make that happen, Jeremy. Come on, let's do. Right. Um, all right, where are we at? Number one, right? Number, yeah, I, yeah, I think Stacy. I think Stacy. Stacy, number one. Yeah. You guys, this is what makes or breaks a, a Billy Joel fan for me. Oh. Number one, Summer Highland Fall. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <sighs> it's my favorite. Your absolute favorite? Like, there's no other contender? That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> She's right there. Fair that's enough. It. She's honest and they're like, no, that's it. That's it. Exactly. All right. Most people honestly don't know it. No, it's true. Well, sing a lyric so that people know. Because I, I do feel like if you hear a line, you're like, oh, that song. But you're right. I feel like that's one that if you just say it, yeah. people are like, what? Who? What? Uh, and so we stand upon the ledges of our life with our perspective similarities. It's either sadness or euphoria. Mm, yes. See? And now every all of our listeners are like, oh, that's Billy Joel? Oh, like, you know. Clarification. So, yes. <laughs> Like, yes. Wow, good job. Um, Jeremy, number one. All right, well, real quick, I was I, I do want to say Summer Highland Falls was tied for my number five, but I decided on Miami 2017 because it talked about Broadway, and right now I have all the skills about Broadway. <laughs> yes. But Summer Highland Falls is, 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 is a jam for sure. Okay, so number one is still the song that makes me wish I could play piano. <laughs> and the beginnings of this song, I saw him play in a private Christmas concert at his daughter's school because I had friends who went, kids went to the same school and he gave a little christmas concert and played some songs and played the intro to this song there live for like 50 people which was kind of amazing Jesus. Uh, new york state of mind yes yes oh i'm, I'm so jealous too, and he's from new york and that song is just everything exactly exactly <laughs> if you're from new york and don't like that song what the fuck is wrong with you i i, I just i don't even know how that's possible so well, wow, good pick, obviously, because it was on my list. Good pick. Yes, so good. Pick. good. <laughs> so good. Uh, my number one first, I just want to say, Oliver's and Company was by far <gasps> my favorite children's movie, animated movie. <laughs> uh, so why should I worry? I mean, I, I mean, why should you? Exactly. Wow. I love that you owned both the movie and that song. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I love everything about that movie. Yeah, it's, and and it's oh my so. God. Good. I'm singing it even though you haven't asked me. It's so good. <laughs> yes. I go back to YouTube so and just look up the clip of them singing it it's in the on, movie. It's on Disney Plus. Yes, on Disney. yes, yep. yes. Uh, see, now I want to watch it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I've already watched it three times. <laughs> That's the purpose of this whole thing is to get people to listen and watch everything to do with Billy Joel. Um, <laughs> my number one, and this is, I, I don't know what it says about me, but it's always been my favorite Billy Joel song. Um, and I'm just going to put it out there anyway. And if people think I'm crazy, oh, well, Big Shot. Mm. I, I just, <laughs> I just yeah. love everything about the song. I, I know, you know, it, it, the spoon in the nose and the, and the, 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 the nose. Nose and yeah. like, you know, and, and just everything about the poor destruction of the 
this human being being eaten alive by the industry, but I love every fucking second of the song. It's also right? the weird, like, Russian accent he does in the middle. Yes! Brilliant. <laughs> yes! Absolutely! I just... I, I For some reason, I've just gravitated to that song. My my just every... I can't even tell you how long. I'm, like, 10 years old, and I'm just like, that's that's my song. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but there it is, my number one, Big Shot, so... So good. So many Man, good ones. That was a really good list, y'all. Right? That's it was hard. I literally have an alternate top five sitting here. <gasps> I do too. I feel, I feel like Can we all just I agree? Really bad, I feel really bad that I didn't say lullaby and it's honorable mention. Honorable mention. Lullaby, man. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I feel bad that I didn't talk about ain't no crime. Yeah. <laughs> just Jesus. anything. Fine. I feel bad I didn't say Every Billy Joel song ever. Let's just say that. They're all on the list. Ruby Rack, all of it. Yes, yes. Our top five is every song he's ever done. So, I mean, it's fantastic. Stacy, Stacy, thank you so much for coming on. And well done. Well done. Not only did you. How did my Billy Joelness stand up? It was great. I got to tell you, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Uh, You know, and the fact that you actually sang, you could have been like, no, that wasn't part of the deal. But you actually sang. You are unbelievable. Unbelievably talented. You are so nice. And I, I, I see why Jeremy talks so highly of you. And uh, we will talk highly of you now, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for coming on the show. I know the listeners are going to love this one. And um, just continued success. And uh, and thank you for everything that you're doing, uh, both in, in the community and uh, activism and, and everything that you do. And just thank you so much. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, this was a nice little, a nice little quarantine break. Yeah, that's, yeah exactly. That's, <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> open mm-hmm. invite, by the way. Anytime that you want to come back, just open invite. You can come on. We, we can do another top five. You can come on and just sing with us. Exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll do we'll, horrible we'll do and you can sing. Top five, top five Stephen Sondheim shows next time. Uh, oh, Uh-oh. there you go. That sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, have a great time. Find your cat. Um, and <laughs> please, we haven't asked about the cat. Did you find the cat? It's all right. Um, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, take care. And, and like I said, thank you. And uh, we will definitely be in touch soon, okay? Thank you. Bye, right. Bye. Bye, Stacey. <laughs> Bye-bye. Man, this has been a phenomenal show. Yeah. Like, I mean, it has just so been fun. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I know, I know what you guys are thinking it's like well wait a minute what about the, the box office and all that you, you know there ain't shit out yeah uh, exactly. we just told you wonder woman <laughs> is the only thing coming and that ain't until december so you know um you want to talk about imdb we have to do it's the bible i mean of course j-lo showers with it yeah like, i mean <laughs> I, I do I, I shower while using uh, yes uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> the top trending movie is the borat sequel Yes, and uh, the top trending TV show is The Queen's Gambit. See, I told you she survived the the whole she new did. mutants thing. She's she fine. Did. She's Luck, fine. Lucky her. That's lucky right. her. Uh, yeah, man, the top trending star is Maria. Yeah, Bakalova. Bakalova. <laughs> right there. Right there. Have you seen any of these things, Jeremy? Have you seen The Queen's Gambit or the Borat sequel? I have not seen either of them, but I will say The Queen's Gambit is very much on my list. And I want to give a shout out to Matthew Dennis Lewis and Russell Dennis Lewis, who are real life twins. And they're in this. They were in Godless. I've known them for years. They're amazing. And you should have them on your show because they're in Queen's Gambit right now. 
Well, okay. from from your from your lips to um, their ears, and yeah, right. <laughs> let's see if we can make that happen. That'd be we'll awesome. Make it happen. Oh my goodness! <laughs> we're making Hollywood happen. That that's our new slogan, yeah. by the way. You drop that, and we're like, we love that. Let's do it. Let's right. make Hollywood happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we got to thank Stacy one more time for coming on the show. She was amazing. Everybody, make sure to follow her on social media, and of course, be sure to follow. The one and only Jeremy Gordon on social media. Uh, Jeremy Cast on Twitter, correct? And yep, uh, right. Jeremy Gordon on Instagram. Um, yeah. It's almost like we've been following you for a while now. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the stalker kind of way, but, you know, I mean, the good I mean, kind of way. Maybe. We're all confessing <laughs> things here. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm stalking you, Jeremy. <laughs> go, go look. He liked, the, he liked a picture of yours from like four years ago. Go right. Right. It's just a little creepy. Oopsie. But sorry. Oopsie, uh, I didn't mean to click that. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to follow the company on social media at Crazy Amita. You can uh, follow the podcast on social media at ItCaf Podcast. You can follow myself personally on social media at JLo Fantastic and at Crazy Ant Guy 1970. That's right. And you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts anchor apple Podcasts, spotify google play music iHeartRadio, podbean stitcher so much more everybody knows we have a youtube channel so be sure to hit that like button and subscribe and do all those amazing things and of course visit our website www.crazyantmedia.com where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear and of course everybody knows we have the inside the crazy ant farm page and the raven's vision page and we're we got multiple projects in various stages of development yes yes there it is. super excited super yes. excited we're writing away when we're not doing this crazy shit we're writing it it's fantastic it's so fun uh, it's so fun <laughs> um yeah. now i mean reflecting on the show there was so much good stuff that we talked about especially with having jeremy here it was so fun to get in depth about the entertainment industry and especially the um the wrong notion that i mean that social media numbers are like the determining yeah. factor from the casting because i feel like that's very important to for people who are trying to break into the entertainment industry not to get discouraged that they don't have that big of a social media presence first of all be sure you take a class learn your craft and just try to be the best person in the room and don't hate on the casting director because as exactly. jeremy said it's not their decision you know you don't get it because and then some you know shirtless wonder gets it it, it was wasn't the casting director's fault. Um, that is right. We want you to have talent. We want you to feel loved. Yes. There, there you go. There you go. So, And, yeah, I just loved it. You know, the industry news was fun to have, you You know, from the kind of insider analysis that you were able to provide on a lot of the stories. So, um, and coming from that different point of view. And then, of course, I mean, that's got to be one of the most fun top fives ever. Yeah. I mean, Stacy brought it, so man. The way, she, the way she could – she really could sing. Yeah. I mean, like, she, she's very, very talented. So, um Amazing. I, I just, yeah, it's been a really fun show, man. Agreed, agreed. And now, good, good. We're glad to hear it. We're glad to hear it. Now it's time to honor the one and only O that matters, Jeremy. I don't know if you know, but we're trying to get Oprah on the show. That's right. So at the end of every Uh-oh. show, at the end of every show, we scream her name. That's right. So <laughs> so, so at the count of three, you got to give it your best uh, Oprah scream, all full right? Name, full name or just first name? No, just, just first. What? It's only the first name she's like that there is no you don't need winfrey we know who we're talking about all right okay prince i'm sorry okay <laughs> all right so at the count of three we're gonna drop it are you ready as yeah. loud as you can shout it one, one two, two three, three. oprah, oprah! <laughs> <laughs>